Have you ever wondered why you could not go from being a hearing Christian to a doing Christian? Have you ever noticed that there is a huge divide between what you hear on a Sunday and actually getting the things done that are preached? If you are anything like me, you are tired of hearing great word on a Sunday and not knowing what to do with it come Monday. This podcast will provide you with practical steps that will help you significantly grow your Christian life and put you way ahead of where you used to be and put to sleep those old frustrations of unfulfilled expectations. I am Craig Venn. And this is the Building the Kingdom Q&A podcast. Good morning, Kingdom Builders Ministries International House of Prayer. Wonderful to be with you one more time. Uh, great things, great things, great things. Um, as always, there's a, a, a lot to talk about, a lot to do, a lot to get done. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence shall take it by forces. Those are actively involved in the process that actually uh, make a difference in the kingdom of God and actually get things done. It's not the the timid. Um, fortune favors the bold, the saying goes. And uh, it's it's also not just, it's not just those who are actively uh, energetic and going after it, but it's those who are willing to adapt to the world around them. The world is a place of change and uh, there's a lot happening. So... Yep, let's do this. Boom, baby. Just another great episode here of the Bottom of the Kingdom Q&A podcast out of the Watchful Eye of our senior pastor and leader, Pastor Vernon Arensa. And uh, lots to talk about today. Um, we've got a busy day ahead of us, as always, here at Kingdom Builders Ministries. Things are happening. Things are fast-moving. Things are dynamic. Um, and uh, you know what I like about KBM? You know what I like about KBM? And what, what I like um, um, about being around uh, a man of God like Pastor Vernon Arnsa, um And long before there was a KBM... Um, he was already in the ministry. He was already working, and he was already doing great, great things. I mean, he was before there was a church. He was impacting major schools in the Western Cape, um, and getting many, many people saved. Um, he was he was having an impact in young people's lives. He was having an impact, and wherever he went and wherever he goes, um, there's a change, right? So. Um, Bishop Jake says it like this, the only number that you can add to another number without having an effect on that number is the number zero. Um, and I've, I've found as I watched uh, for years and years and years, decades now, as I've watched um, Pastor work in the ministry, he's always having an effect. He's always impacting somebody's life in some way or another. Um, and and sometimes, sometimes, if you're really, really honest, that's, that can be uncomfortable. It, it's not always the most comfortable situation in the world. But if you really think about it, God's not interested in your comfort. He's more interested in your character. He wants to see your character built regardless of your comfort. Um, yes, he is the great comforter. And yes, he does speak to us about the comfort of the scriptures. Yes, yes, yes I get all of that. But that's not the ultimate goal is keeping you at ease. The ultimate goal is your development and your perfection. That's why the Bible says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers uh, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. So we need to go through the whole process process of, of perfection, not becoming perfect, but perfecting. Okay, there's a big difference between becoming perfect. If you had to be perfect 
to do things in the kingdom, nobody would ever be able to do it. Definitely, most of all, not me. I would never make it. Um, but you're in the process of being perfected. You're perfect. Have you ever heard uh, in sport, let's say, for instance, you're looking at tennis, um, and what uh, you, you go through coaching, and you go through coaching, you go through coaching, or golf, or baseball, or cricket, or rugby, whatever the process is, whatever the game is, um, and then uh, let's say, for instance, tennis, and what you're trying to do is they're trying to get you to fix some mistakes in your backhand. Let's say your backhand sucks, um, and you, you're you're not you're not getting the kind of results from your backhand that you were hoping to be able to get, um, and so what they do is they go through this process of of coaching and correcting and coaching and correcting. And what are you doing? You're perfecting your backhand. You're not, you don't arrive at perfection, but you're perfecting it. You're getting it through there. Or let's say for instance, you're building a piano, uh, one of those big wooden grand pianos. And what they do, they don't, they don't just cut down the lumber from the tree and just bash it together and, and stick some cords and stuff in the middle of it. And there's your piano. What they do is they first have to cut down the lumber, then cut it down to size, then plane it and sand it and plane it and sand it and then build it up together till that wood is what? It's perfected. They're busy perfecting that wood. They're busy finishing that wood um, until it's exactly um, the way that they want it to do. That's what that's what they're doing. They're, these, these great men of God that are around us, our pastors, our teachers, our leaders, what they're doing is they're taking us through this process of perfection. On the journey, we're aiming at perfection. But that, that is not a destiny. It's a journey. It's a process of getting you ready for the thing that, that you have to do. And, and it, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect to be able to accomplish things. It just means that you're, you're, you're not exactly where you want to be as far as your character goes. Um, and you're in that development. And everybody's always in development. I'm in development. Um, pastors in development. Everybody's in development. We're all, all being developed um, on our way to getting somewhere. The one thing I like um, as I've watched pastors' ministry is around him, there's always been change. There's always been forward movement. There's always been progress. And we would sometimes sit and, and he would tell me, you know, talk and, and, and we're having to make decisions and, and moving forward. And he's saying, Craig, I'm seeing this thing over here. And I'm saying, Pastor, I just don't know how we're going to get that done. You know, I, I know that you're seeing it. Um, because Pastor's got great faith, right? He's got faith that reaches way out beyond what I can see. There's so many times I've walked into a place and he and he's like saying, Craig, I see this thing. I say, I say how do you see that? I can't see, I can't see this thing that you're seeing. And he said, Craig, just trust me. And I see it. And he gets down to work, he just gets started. And before he knows it, he will transform a place, he'll transform a person's life, he'll transform a, a, a ministry, he'll transform an organization, he'll transform um, just about anything, a room, whatever it is, into what he saw. And I'll go, that, that was nowhere. I didn't even, I had no idea that existed. But because he's the visionary and he's got the vision, he's chosen for that, he sees it, that's how he does it. And so um, I'd be going through this whole thing of like, I don't, I don't really see how you are able to do this. But every, every time without fail, um, the thing that he saw, he was able to create and able to produce in whatever project or endeavor that he was busy with. And it's really an amazing thing to watch 
um, and to be around a visionary, but it can be taxing and uncomfortable at times because if you don't see that thing, if you don't see what your visionary sees, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to, you're going to, and, and, um, and the pastor told me years ago, he would always tell me, say, Craig, you can't take people to a place that they cannot see. There's two things you can't do. You can't take people to a place that they cannot see. And number two, you cannot take place to people to a place that you've never been before. Okay, you can't lead people to a place that you've never been before. And he would train that. He would drill that into my head month in, month out, uh, year in, year out. He would just keep on pushing that into my head. You cannot take people to a place that they cannot see and to a place that you've never been before. You have to be the leader. You have to be ahead and you have to help people to see the thing that you see. Now, the reason why I'm telling you all of that, and it's, it's, it's really, really important, is because if I've said this in, in, in previous podcasts, if you want to walk with your man of God, if you want to, um, if you want to, first of all, if you want to, if you want to know him and you don't have to have a personal relationship with your man of God to know him, but it is very, very, very important to be able to know who it is that is covering you. Um, you can't just say any Joe Schmo can cover me. Because if it's Pastor Vernon today, it'll be somebody else tomorrow. You need to be committed to this process. And uh, I, I think if you're listening in on this podcast, then you're committed. You, you've got a level of commitment that is, um, that is beyond normal. Okay, you're, 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 you're stepping into the extraordinary. You're stepping into the excellent. You're stepping beyond the mediocre. And you're saying, I want more. Now, um, if, if you see... Like you're looking at Pastor Vernon's life and you're going, oh, gosh, um, I really want to know more about who this is. Now, the way to do that is not you don't have to. Oh, I need to camp outside his house. I need to uh, I need to do all this. I need to do all that. I need to follow him on every social media platform. There is. You don't have to do any of that stuff. OK, although some of that stuff. Uh, it can be it can be helpful. Don't camp outside of his house, please, please, please. Don't do, do not do that. Um, but here's the thing: if you want to know a man of God, don't study him. Okay, don't study him because a man of God is dynamic. He changes as the season changes, not in in character and personality traits, but he changes in his responses to what's going on around him. He has to adapt very fast in response to the season that's coming. So. Um, you, 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 you see him and then all of a sudden there's a shift and you don't know why the shift is happening until, until we move into the next season. Then you realize why that happened because a visionary sees the next season and the Lord begins to develop him and prepare him for that next season so that he can, he can have an easy transfer into that season and lead people into the season. So he already in this season begins to adapt and change, um, and get ready because he has to take people to a place that he's already been. Do you understand how that works? Can you see how that 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 um that happens? So you don't un, you don't it's almost it's impossible to study a man of God and to know him by studying him and looking at him. what you have to do is study his focus. What is he focusing on? And that will inform you about who that person is. Your focus, your focus determines what you produce. Your focus will produce emotions in you. It'll produce your dominant thoughts. 
your dominant thoughts then will produce your life. Your life always goes in the direction of your most dominant thought. What you think about the longest or what you look at the longest will become the strongest in your life. Your focus, what you're gazing at, what you're looking at, and don't gaze at anything that does not belong in your future. I want to help you with that. Do not gaze at anything that does not belong in your future. Don't put in front of you what doesn't belong in your future. So that's how over the last two and almost a half decades, I've been able to follow pastor is by finally catching a glimpse and starting to study his focus. What is he focused on? What is he looking at? What is he studying? What is, what is educating him? What is transforming him so that I am able to walk in town? Now, um, in order to walk with the man of God, it's very, very, very important um, and, and, and I would say vital. It's, it's impossible to walk with a man of God unless you become consumed with the thing that he's consumed by. So if, if you look at Pastor Vernon, the, the mandate on the ministry is to build the kingdom. Okay. He's beyond the walls of church. He's beyond the walls of etiquette. He's beyond the walls of tradition. He's beyond the walls of religion. He goes beyond the boundaries. He pushes the limit of what is acceptable. And he's always controversial in some of the things that he says. He stands on people's toes. He's not willing to compromise. He stands on the word. The word is the word regardless. That's what we're going to stand on. That's what we're going to believe. And he's always pushing that because he's he's. He's um, a kingdom builder. He's building the kingdom. Now, the first person to get up and shout to let's build the kingdom, or the first person to stand there and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Who was that? That was John the Baptist. Now, if there was anybody that was a nonconformist, it was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was a nonconformist of note. His dad was Zechariah. His dad was the high priest. His dad was the one that had to go in the Holy of Holies. His dad was that person. Okay, He was a Levite. He was a Levite of Levites. He was the high priest. So John the Baptist was supposed to be this dude that carries on the legacy. He's supposed to be that guy, but does he do it? No. Where did they find him? In the desert, in the wilderness. They find where priests were supposed to be wearing this stuff raiment. They were supposed to be wearing these clothes, these priestly robes. What was he wearing? Camel skins. He had a leather belt when they were supposed to have all this other stuff going on. What the the, the priests were eating um, from the offerings because that was what was given to them. The offerings of 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 when they brought an offering, they brought a sacrifice. There was a portion that had to go to the priests. What was he eating? Locusts and honey. What was his message? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. His message was the kingdom. So if you're a kingdom builder and your message is the kingdom, then guess what? You're a non-conformist. So don't complain about not fitting in. You're not supposed to fit in. Okay? If you're a kingdom builder and you're building the kingdom, just like John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, Jesus said, this is Elijah. This is the spirit of Elijah if you can receive it. This is the spirit of Elijah. If you can receive that, this is who this is. It's a prophetic utterance. It is a prophetic uh, dispensation. It is a prophetic understanding. It's not, it's not a, just because, you know, we're, we're, we're building, we're called uh, Kingdom Builders, and this podcast is called, called Building the Kingdom. 
Um, and John the Baptist was that person who said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he came in the spirit of Elijah. It's no wonder that there's a prophetic anointing on this house. It's no wonder that this is a prophetic move of God. Because that's how it is. Now, the reason why Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, when you get baptized, what you're saying is I am 100% subscribing to the doctrine of the person who baptizes me. I am subscribing to that doctrine. Where you in, in, in biblical times, you could only become a master teacher at the age of 30. Now, if you understand the history of what went on there, if you read through your Bible, you find that Jesus and John the Baptist were about six months apart in, in their age. John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. Now, I think cousin, something like that. Or second cousin, twice removed on his mother's side or something. I don't know. Something like that. And, um, and um, so what happens over here is Jesus is going to John the Baptist, uh, his cousin, and saying... Um, I am subscribing to your, to your message of the kingdom. Because that's what Jesus came to do. Came to restore the kingdom. Not a earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. A spiritual kingdom. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not in meat and, 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 and uh, not in bread, but in... In righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's the kingdom of God is within. And, and that's what he does. He gets baptized into that. But it was a non-conformist. And both were totally non-conformist. Totally non They would not conform to what was happening in the world around them. Jesus uh, goes the distance to his death. So does John the Baptist. John the Baptist goes the distance to his death. John the Baptist has some personal issues that he struggles through, but he would not compromise. He said, said to Herod, you cannot take your brother Philip's wife. It is not correct. And he gets put in prison eventually um, at the behest of a little child has his head cut off. Ridiculous. But that is the state of the nation of Israel at that time. That is the state of the nation of Israel at that time. But here comes two kingdom builders. And Jesus goes ahead and does what he does and releases the building of the kingdom, the restoration of the kingdom in the earth. And here we are today, 2,000 years ago, and the mandate on this church on the foothills of the Helderberg Mountain, on the foothills of the Witzenberg region, right here in the Western Cape uh, South Africa is to build the kingdom of God beyond beyond uh, what what is the popular understanding of what church should be. Why do you think when other churches are shutting down and closing doors, we're opening our doors? Because we're not supposed to fit in. You are not supposed to fit in with where you are right now. If you are blending in with your environment, how are you going to make a difference? How are you going to be an influencer? How are you going to influence your environment if you're blending in? You cannot be afraid of standing out. You are on heaven's stage right now. There is a backdrop called your environment, but you have to stand out because guess what? The spotlight is on you because you carry the anointing. 
The spotlight is on you. They're watching you. They're wanting to see what your response is going to be to every move that you make. Every situation, every pressurized situation, every question that's asked, they want to know what is your response. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're this. Some say you're that. Some say you're the other one. No, 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 no. Forget about all that. Who do you say that I want to know what you, what your opinion is? What's your opinion? What's your stand on this issue? And... Why is your stand that way? Are you being politically correct or religiously correct or socially correct? Or are you taking a non-compromising stand on the word of God? What are you going to do? Because if you're going to blend in and you're going to compromise and you're just going to let the world blow over you, you're not going to influence anything. You're just going to be another statistic of Christians that are lukewarm. And kingdom builders cannot be Lukewarm. The kingdom of God suffers violence and it's the violent. It is the actively energetic that will take the kingdom of God by force. It's those, it's those that, that take the principles of the kingdom and actively engage them to get kingdom results. It's not passive namby pamby. I'll get to it when I get to it. People that actually get results. It's people that actively do something with what they learn. And are willing to change old habits to get it done. Change. When lockdown started, we understood that change is the new normal. Look around you when you walk down the road. When you go to the mall. Which is now allowed. Which wasn't allowed just a while ago. Look at the faces of people. Everybody's wearing a mask. Guess what? Things have changed. Whether those masks are good for you or bad for you or stop a virus or don't stop a virus, everybody's wearing a mask. Billions of rands have been spent out of the, the, the uh, National Reserve of South Africa because of this virus. No matter what the stats are, that's happened now. Trillions of dollars are traversing the entire globe and they're across the boundaries of the globe in the euro and the British pound are being spent in response to a virus. The world has changed. It changed in our lifetimes. We didn't know what was going to happen, but it did. Not just the country, not just South Africa. We saw South Africa change about 25 years, 26 years ago. It's, South Africa wasn't a national change now. This was an international global change. The world has changed and we have to change with it. We have to change with it. The church needs to adapt. The kingdom of God and the message of the kingdom will always remain the same. Pastors taught me this for years. The kingdom and the message remains. But the method has got to change. We have got to change how we get our message to people. Now, last night, <laughs> I said something. Um, I said, I said, it wasn't, you know, uh, let, me, let me put it like this. I said, um, I said, when the rate of change on the outside of you exceeds the rate of change on the inside of you, the end is near. In other words, when things around you are changing faster than you're changing, the end is near. Now, I did not mean, <laughs> Pastor said, Craig, are you telling me everybody's going to die that doesn't change? <laughs> and I realized I might have been a bit hasty in what I said. But this is the point I try, I'm trying to make. 
is that if the world around you is changing faster than you're changing and you're not adapting to change and you're not moving in your change, then you're going to get left behind. You have to be able to change. The, the rate of change on the inside of you needs to exceed the rate of change on the outside of you in order for you to not only stay current, but to get ahead of the curve. Because remember, we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, the reason why you see a change in a man of God is because he's preparing for a new season. He's already in that new season so that when it comes, he can take you to the place that he's already been. And he's able to communicate to you what he sees before you get there. Okay, Some of you who are really listening close and got your ear close to the heart of God and are listening to the word of God, some of you are already in the new season. And I've discussed that with you as well in previous episodes of this, uh, of this podcast. And so I, I want you to take that very, very seriously. I want you to take what I'm telling you very seriously. You've got to be willing to change. You've got to be willing to change habits. You've got to be willing to change schedules. You've got to be willing to be dynamic. You've got to be willing to be nimble. You've got to be, because let me tell you right now why you're listening to this, why you, you're never going to be as energetic and nimble and young as you are right now. Your youth of this moment is passing away. You're changing already whether you like it or not. Your youth, your nimbleness of mind, your quickness of thought, your swiftness of movement is passing. Second by second that ticks away on that clock, it's going and you're never going to be as young as you are ever again after this moment. It's gone. You have to be willing to change. Otherwise, you're going to see it's almost like everybody else is getting into a position for their blessing, but you're getting left behind. You don't want that. You want to be able to be nimble and be, you know, it, it almost seems like some people are at the right place at the right time all the time. They just seem all the time to be able to find the right place at the right time and bang, they're there. It's not that. You know, I've heard this saying as well, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I've heard that as well. And I'm not a favor of the statement of luck. I'm not a, I don't endorse luck. I don't think there is such a thing as luck. People just work hard to get into position, to position themselves correctly for great favor, great blessings, and great, great um, uh, influx of whatever's going on around them. Um, so it, th that is hard work, but it is a willingness to adapt. How are we going to adapt to this world that's around us? How are we going to adapt? Because pastor's been saying, pastor's been saying, if you thought this was bad, worse is coming, family. Worse is coming. And I would, if, if I hadn't experienced what I experienced over this last year of my life, walking with pastor, pastor was saying the whole time, there's coming a day when people are going to be begging to get into church. And I was like, yeah, maybe 20, 30 years time, we'll see that when, when restrictions get bad and they start restricting the church. It happened, boom, three months later. Shut the church down. We closed our doors as we went into lockdown and we had to go digital. And people were begging for service, begging for youth meetings, begging for Sunday school, begging for women's meetings, begging for men's meetings. We're begging. How do we? What are we? When are we going to? All that was happening. Now pastor's saying, if you thought this was bad, worse is coming. I believe him. Because 
He's proven himself to be prophetic. He's proven that he can see. He's been proving that for the last 23 years of my life. I've been able to see that this man hears God. This man sees in the spirit. And when he sees and says something, I'm listening. Oh, brother, I'm listening. Now, if we've got a prophetic voice declaring the word of God around us, how, what more do you want to be able to get in position? Trust what he's preaching. Trust the word of God that's coming so that you can correctly position yourself for the changes that are coming. Because if you're correctly positioned, it's like knowing the future. It's like knowing which horse is going to win at the races. It's like knowing who's going to win the UEFA Cup Finals. Guess who you're going to bet on? You're going to bet on the guy that wins because you already know the future. Now, exactly the same thing is happening right now. We're, we're hearing that worse is coming. So let's get prepared. Let's stop acting like the world is going to just be the same forever and ever and ever. Church growth has, has probably gone up by 200% until things get comfortable again and people go back to their lives and think, oh, it's not so bad. The life, life carries on. Life is not going to carry on. Life is going to be, and the winners in this life are going to be those who are willing to change. The rate of change on the inside needs to exceed the rate of change on the outside. If the rate of change on the outside exceeds the rate of the change inside, the end is near. Go get it.